The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. Shalom from Jerusalem, the very center of the world and the city of God. Jerusalem is always inspiring to visit during the Jewish holiday, the Feast of Tabernacles coming up in September. And I'm personally inviting you to join us in the city of the great King for five nights of joyful celebration. Exploits Ministry has planned a special tour package, including participation with thousands of Israelis and guests from all over the world in the annual Jerusalem March. So bring your flags, banners, and walking shoes. We'll also explore many of the ancient wonders and spiritual highlights around the city, and we'll have a time of feasting and celebration. Our tour package includes options to stay at two of Jerusalem's nicest hotels, the panoramic Dan Jerusalem on Mount Scopus, and the internationally famous and historic boutique American Colony Hotel, home of the famous hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. It's a Holy Land pilgrimage that you'll long remember. So plan now to come up to Jerusalem this September and join our Exploits Ministry at the Feast of Tabernacles. For details, check out our website at exploits.tv. The missing videotape has finally turned up. It was in December 1998, 20 years ago, when we traveled to Swansea, Wales to interview Samuel Howells, son of the famous Welsh prayer intercessor, Reese Howells, and also with Ruth Williams, one of the intercessors who participated in the World War II prayer meetings that were led by Reese Howells. That videotape frustratingly went missing until it turned up in an old storage box last week. And it's never been broadcast until now. The interviews are an insight into a generation of believers whose prayer meetings during the Second World War helped to keep Hitler out of Britain. The principles of corporate prayer gleaned from those strategic prayer meetings are well worth learning for the dangerous times in which we're living today. If you want to learn about the principles of prayer from those who live them, please watch this insightful encounter that we had two decades ago. Shalom, I'm Christine Dark. Some of my most significant spiritual times have been spent in anointed prayer meetings in Jerusalem and elsewhere. Much of what I've learned about corporate prayer meetings stemmed from mentors such as Lance Lambert, Derek Prince, and Colonel Ord Dobby in Jerusalem. But we can also be influenced by the books we've read. And as I've mentioned on a number of occasions in these exploits programs, I've been particularly blessed over the decades every time I've read the biography of Welsh intercessor, Reese Howells. When it comes to the life of intercession, the book, The Intercessor, has been, along with the Bible, of course, an instruction manual for me. Reese Howells was a missionary evangelist, an intercessor, a healing evangelist, and founder of a Bible school. During World War II, he, his staff, and students 
at the Bible College of Wales in Swansea prevailed with God to turn the tide of the war. His intercessions also helped to pave the way for the return of many Jews and Jewish orphans to the Holy Land. So here now are the lost interviews I did in December 1998 with the son of Reese Howes, Samuel Howes, and also with Ruth Williams, who worked closely with Reese Howes and who participated in the intercessory battles at the Bible College in Wales. I began by asking Ruth Williams to describe what it was like to share in a prayer meeting with Reese Howells. He would read the word maybe for an hour and then explain it and give his, uh, his word on it. And then we would turn to prayer and we would pray and pray and perhaps, especially during the war, when things were very difficult and very hard, we would go through one meeting and we'd think, oh, how hard it is. And we'd come back to the second meeting in the blue room and Mr. Howells would again read the word and we would feel we were coming stronger in believing God. And then suddenly he would say, we are through. And we would know in the spirit that God had heard our prayers. But it was a real experience to be here because he taught us how to pray and how to believe God. The way God moved in those prayers was absolutely outstanding for, for no reason at all. The Germans would just stop fighting and we'd advance. That's, but I feel that Mr. Howe has taught us so much on believing in believing God. That was the thing. Now, what's so interesting to me by that comment was he knew the difference of when he was praying in faith and when he was not. Yes, he knew when he was not really believing. He, he had the expression of climbing up in faith. And um, we, we were conscious of it with him, you know. We would feel it. We would feel him climbing in faith. How did he, as a leader, lead a prayer meeting? Did he dominate it or did he oh, no. leave it out to others to participate? Oh no, as soon as he had finished speaking, we'd get down on our knees and everyone was free to pray. I think perhaps the outstanding time I remember was when they were in Dunkirk and it seemed so impossible for them to and then Uncle Tommy, wasn't it? We had a person here, we knew Uncle Tommy, and he prayed, and you know, you knew that he had touched the Lord that, night, that, that time. And of course, it was, and, well, it was amazing what happened in Dunkirk, that the, the seas were so calm, and that Hitler never allowed his, his troops to, to, to advance as they wanted to. And that all those men escaped. It was amazing, really was. But, but God had his purpose, didn't he? He had said that Christian England wouldn't be invaded, and he was proving it to us. He would say, well, God has spoken to me, and God has said, for example, uh, Hitler will, will not invade Christian England. Or again, when God has said, Hitler is to attack Russia, an impossible thing because they'd made a pact that they were going to be together. And in that way, he would prophesy. How did you see enacted out in his life that verse in James about the prayer of a fervent righteous man availeth much? Oh, that was very obvious. Yes, it was, you know. Not only in um, the war, but in individuals here, you know. 
he would pray for people who were sick, and the, and his prayers were answered. You know, it was it was amazing. What would you say most characterized his prayers? Was it fervency, prevailing, um, taking hold of God, or all of these things? Well, probably all three. Yes, all three. But you really felt him prevailing at times, you know. And you knew it affected him too. It had an effect on his body, his prevailing prayer. Tell us about the all-night prayer meetings. Oh, when we would go on to about two o'clock in the morning? Well, um, we'd have a meeting at seven, then it would go on until about nine, and we'd come home back into the college and we'd have supper. Then about 10 o'clock we would go into the blue room and we would go on then uh, until one, two o'clock in the morning if the battle was difficult. Yes. You know, it all depended on how the enemy was advancing. If he was advancing, then we kept in prayer because he told us we were to battle as if we were on the battlefield. And, it, and that's what we did do. We can say that quite honestly. Well, if God gives you a prayer, then he, has a, he means it to, to be answered, doesn't he? And we find, we find in prayer that it takes time. You don't, God perhaps will take months to answer a prayer, but he expects us to keep on believing and climbing in faith in prayer. And in climbing in faith, I mean that as you pray, you feel you're becoming stronger in believing God. And then you keep on and on believing God. And it, as I say, it may take you months, it may not take as long, but in the end, you know that you have really believed God. And once you believe God, and you know you've climbed to that position, Oftentimes you don't have to pray anymore, but you have to just keep on believing God until he answers. And keep thanking him that and he will. keep thanking him that he's going to answer, yes. How does one gain a position of mm. intercession? This is what needs to be taught. Yes. Well, it's only with walking with God, isn't it? I can't see that you can gain a position of, of intercession any other way but by walking daily with God and by praying daily and believing God. And I would say, and by overcoming. Yes. Whatever we overcome, we've gained that's, that position. That's true. But we have to first overcome. Yes, we do. And there are many obstacles to overcome, aren't there? And oftentimes you find that the enemy will bring these obstacles to try and frustrate you. Well, that's when we have to keep on, isn't it? And keep on and keep on until he is finally overcome. Outside of the Bible, the book that has most impacted my spiritual life is the biography of the Welsh prayer warrior, Rhys Howes, and it's called The Intercessor by Norman Grubb. Through his obedience to the Holy Spirit, Reese Howells accomplished great exploits for God. Until this week, the tape of these interviews had been lost in their archives. So today, for the first time, the interviews of Ruth Williams and the late Samuel Howells are being broadcast. And I hope that you'll enjoy the many precious points about intercessory prayer and the life of Reese Howells in this broadcast. 
At the Bible College of Wales that Mr. House founded, I had the pleasure two decades ago to sit down with his son Samuel and to hear first-hand accounts of the life of his father. Samuel House explained that his father, a Welsh coal miner, had always been a religious man. But Reese House had self-righteously informed the Lord that he would only completely surrender his life to the Lord once he'd met somebody who was truly born again and who wasn't a religious hypocrite. House finally surrendered and came to a saving knowledge of Jesus while he was visiting America. And it was under the preaching of a Hebrew Christian named Morris Rubin. You see, God has a faithful remnant of believing Jews in every generation. Reuben had heard the voice of Jesus repeating John 14, 6, saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Reuben experienced a vision of Calvary, and he witnessed every stage of the crucifixion. And as he gazed on the cross, he also heard the voice of Jesus saying, Must I bear the cross alone and all the world go free? Reuben said, No, there's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for me. His family had him committed to an insane asylum for believing in Jesus. But later a judge asked why Reuben had been certified insane. And a doctor answered, Because he heard a voice. Well, the judge retorted, didn't the apostle Paul hear a voice? This is a disgrace to the American flag. And so he ordered Reuben to be released. And as he preached, Reese Howells, the very self-righteous Welsh churchman said, I also saw the cross. And that night I received the gift of eternal life. Well, it's very instructive that Reese Howells never forgot that it was through the testimony of a Jew that he found the Jewish Savior. And so he always believed that he owed a special debt to God's chosen people. And in later years, he repaid that debt by helping to birth the state of Israel in intercessory prayer battles. Howells had surrendered his life to God because in Morris Rubin, he had discovered a man who had lost everything. He lost his reputation, his wife, his family, his income, yet he had the Savior. And when Father heard that uh, testimony, uh, he was really broken. And he used to tell people, if I see an individual who is truly born again, I will give in. And the Lord asked him, is this your man? And he said, yes. And his life had changed completely. He was wrestling with God over the issue of how to have more power. More power. So please tell us mm. the story of, of how the Lord dealt with him about total possession by the Holy Spirit. Mm. He went to this convention in mid Wales. One of the speakers, he spoke about the Holy Spirit as a person. And he had never regarded him as a person up to that time, but as an influence descending on congregations. But it was a real revelation that he was a, 
just as much of a person as the Lord Jesus Christ was. And he said, I have come to ask for your body. Will you give it to me without reserve? And uh, that was the challenge. And he, uh, it was a real struggle, a real struggle because the Lord showed him clearly that it meant a full and complete surrender. If he were to accept the Holy Spirit as a person, then he would not be living but the Spirit. Yes, you go out and I come in. That was the challenge. And it took him some days, as you know, of deep dealing. And uh, the Holy Spirit touched on many aspects. And then at the end of the week, uh, after a real struggle, he uh, surrendered completely. And he knew that he had entered him as a person. And he never doubted uh, the fact afterwards. That was the changing uh, point in his whole life. Don't you but, think uh, many people in the church are in the same situation? They, they're living yeah. what they think is a godly life? And yes, yet... undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. But they haven't come to the experience of the new birth. Well, the Holy Spirit told him then not uh, to pray his own prayers, but the prayers that he would give him. I do not expect you to pray any prayer again and ask other people to answer the prayer if you have the ability of doing it yourself. Yes, the prayer must be, must be answered uh, through you as an individual. And can you give us some examples of how he literally had to do that? And one morning when Father was in prayer, this man stood before him and he had a real burden for him. Then he had never spoken to him. He only knew of him by repute. That evening uh, he was at the door of his home and uh, he asked, are you in trouble? Yes, in great trouble. He was two years, two or three years back on his rent and the people were coming uh, to take the furniture and uh, he asked him how much uh, he needed. It was quite a huge sum in those days and uh, his reply was, I'll give you half and I'm sure a friend of mine will give you the other half. So as he went up the staircase uh, to uh, get the money, the Lord spoke to him and said, uh, you promised that you would give you all, not half, but everything. And are you prepared uh, to deliver this man entirely? and to see uh, that uh, uh, he is in a position where the devil will not be able uh, to attack him. 
there were many in the village uh, that were hardened sinners. They wanted to be converted, but they were bound. The Lord told him that they would be only be liberated by way of intercession, by way of the throne. And uh, he then spent much time in prayer and intercession for these dear people. And he saw them uh, coming into freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ in answer uh, to uh, that intercessory of prayer. But what was the principle of abiding? Well, uh, it was based on those words of our Lord. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be given to you. And uh, it was on that principle that the Holy Spirit led him and instructed him. And so he found as long as he gave implicit obedience, obedience yes. then he had the confidence to know that yeah. his prayer would be answered. His prayer would be answered each time. Your father was taught of the Lord in the areas of fasting connected with intercession. Mm. Could you tell us how the two are connected? Well, uh, I used to, in those days, uh, take two meals a day, and there was a period when it was one meal a day and one meal every two days. Uh, the Lord called him to walk that pathway. But uh, in the work of intercession, uh, what the Lord was doing was dealing with his nature. That's what he said. You'd have to be dead to everything and everybody and alive to God. Now, also, in those days when your father was learning to live by faith, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit told him not to make his needs known, no. only by way of the throne. By way of the throne. He wasn't to uh, reveal his needs to any individual, but just to the Lord himself. And the Lord would answer that prayer. He found that when he rendered that obedience, that God acted in that manner. And then there's the whole aspect, which I find so interesting and instructive, yeah. how the Holy Spirit taught your father about the healing ministry. Mm. And in the book, The Intercessor, mm -hmm. your father is quoted in his struggle as saying that at one point he almost wished he had never brought up the subject with the mm -hmm. Lord. Mm -hmm. But tell us how he overcame. Of course, the outstanding case of healing was that of his uncle. One morning before he went to see his uncle and to spend the day with him, the Lord spoke to him that it was his will for the uncle to be restored. And he had been an invalid for 30 years. He wasn't able to walk any distance. He went down and uh, told his uncle what the Lord had spoken to him that morning. May the 15th, that was the date. And that happened to be Whit, Whit Sunday that year. He was to be healed in uh, commemoration of uh, Pentecost. That evening, that evening he was quite ill, but uh, 
after some time, he went back to bed and uh, he slept deeply. And at five o'clock, he woke perfectly restored. To me, it's amazing uh, when we hear these stories mm. to remember that your father was really recovering apostolic mm. faith mm. because mm. others in his generation had not no, been no. asked to do Wait such to, bold things. He was trailing a new pathway altogether. What is the difference based on what your father's life and, your, and what you know yourself between regular prayer and intercession? Well, uh, the intercessor becomes responsible, doesn't he, for the answer of that prayer. I mean, you can engage in prayer and not be responsible for the answer. The true intercessor uh, means uh, that you assume responsibility for the prayer that you're offering. This week, as I reviewed these interviews after 20 years, I was blessed on a number of levels but especially by the fact that Reese Howells had developed a sensitivity to know when he was really believing God and when he was actually moving in doubt and unbelief. He learned that it was only when he truly believed God that his prayers were answered. And that's a lesson that we must continually take on board and never forget. When Reese Howells left Wales to go to Africa as a missionary, he took as a special Bible promise a verse that I also claimed when God called me to serve him overseas. Mark 10, 29 and 30. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake in the gospel will fail to receive 100 times as much in this life, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Well, in a nutshell, that verse is my personal testimony, as it was for Reese Howells. From that verse, he saw that if he gave one pound, the Savior promised he would receive 100 pounds and the possibility of funds being replaced and multiplied through Bible promises captured his imagination. Not so that he could lavish riches upon himself, but so that the Great Commission could be financed and fulfilled. So the Holy Spirit dared him by saying, cut the ropes and take the promises. It was a direct call to step out on all of God's promises. And the Holy Spirit taught him that if God wanted him to go anywhere or to purchase any properties for a Bible school, the Lord would surely provide the means. The danger, on the other hand, was having plenty of funds. For while a person has money, he can go anywhere he chooses without consulting God. Like Jonah, who could afford to pay his own passage to run away from God. The fact is, we can never really be servants of the Lord until God controls our means. So Howells and his faithful wife took the plunge and learned the blessed truth that our extremity is always God's opportunity. He also wrote, I no longer had to carry my treasure with me wherever I went because I knew where the treasury was 
and how to reach it through prayer. Amen. Well, today God no longer has the faith of Reese Howes to work with, and many of the faith giants of our present generation have gone on to glory. But God is still counting on you and me. So let's be strong as Daniel 11.32 says. Let's know our God and accomplish exploits. And let's encourage one another on social media. And I also want to invite you to visit our website at exploits.tv where you can watch any of our videos 24-7 and you can sign up for our free color magazine, Exploits. I also encourage you to download our Jerusalem Channel app. And so until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem, I'm Christine Darg. Shalom and Maranatha. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. That prophecy of Ezekiel has become reality in our generation. The story of Israel is part of the ministry of the Jerusalem Channel. On this historic 70th anniversary of the rebirth of Israel, please consider making a special gift to continue our media ministry through our website, the Jerusalem Channel app, or by mail.